0: So I was negotiating one of my book deals, and the vice president of publishing, I got one meeting with, and I was trying to pitch him on my book idea. He had like two or three Yankee kind of memorabilia stuff, and I made my pitch. So I did some background on him, found a baseball signed by Derek Jeter, wrapped it up, put it on his desk early in the morning, and I said, I hope we can play ball together.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Main Street business podcast. I am so excited to be here interviewing another major influencer celebrity, in my opinion, and that's Darren Prince. Darren, thanks for being with us. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Um, man, for having me.
0: Now, let me introduce Darren, folks. You got to get some perspective here on what he's going to be talking about because it's pretty cool. Darren's the CEO of the Prince Marketing Group, which is a prominent Agency so representing celebrities and sporting, I mean athletes and uh, any A-listers, and he's negotiating marketing deals and uh, endorsement deals, licensing, um, and helping his celebrities protect their brand and their name and their image and likeness. It's a big deal, um, but he's also, and it's a really a major part of his life, is he's a global advocate for um, recovering from addiction and having mental health uh, issues. How do you recover from all these things and still be the best you can be? He's got a foundation and a book titled aiming high. So, I mean, you, all of, you know, we could talk to him for hours and just learn copious amounts. We've got him just for a little bit of time here. But again, Darren, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, Matt. Looking <laughs> forward to it.
0: All right. Now here's, here. I, I told Darren, this is what I want to ask him and he didn't expect it. I could tell. So I want to, I want to throw this out though, right out of the gate. Um, you've been a small business owner. You're still, And my, you know, we're all business owners, which I love. I know you started out just like a little guy like me too, but negotiations, I mean, this is what it really says to me when I look at your bio and cutting deals and representing everyone from Scottie Pippen to, uh, music deals with all, I mean, I'll be careful. I like, I just watched the Jordan show. So I had Scotty Pippen on the brain, but, um, I would, when you are negotiating deals, large or small, us all of us out there on Main Street and small business owners, I think a lot of us are self-conscious and scared about negotiating and saying the wrong thing. Do I make the first offer? Do I don't? Um, what are your thoughts on negotiation in general? And maybe you have a few tips. I'd like to unpack that a little bit if you don't mind giving us your thoughts on being a master negotiator.
1: I mean I think it doesn't just go for our business. It's a great question, you know, but what I'll I'll typically do when if it's Magic Johnson, for example, or you know, Charlie Sheen and I were just texting for this call on a very high-end corporate keynote, I don't like negotiating as myself, and I think most businesses have to have that mindset. I think you almost need to give a range and put the ball in the other client's court, um, you know. And I'll give a very wide range, you know. It, it'll it, if it's hypothetically something for Magic, I. I know where his rates need to be but if it's something more higher end like an endorsement um you know it could be something as simple and i just did it the other day for jerry west you know it, he's not going to be interested if it's 50 grand but it's also not going to be five million so let us know what your uh what your range is and uh the services and the name of use and likeness and whatever else you need from him we'll try to find a middle ground that works because it's not just you know, you're not hitting home runs, you're trying to hit singles and doubles all day long and build um, a brand and build a business. Uh, any yeah. entrepreneur understands that, you know, anybody that's constantly looking for triples and home runs, it's, it's not going to happen yeah. um, that way. And, and even still, to this day, I mean, it. it the, the home runs, they they come very once in a while, but it's about staying consistent. And most importantly, as i talked about in another book that i wrote uh the art of relationship building you got to get to know your client on a personal level because people work with who they enjoy and who they
0: like mm, i love it and uh, now i i want to gosh you said a lot there that's incredible and um i uh love these an in, in interview like this cuz i sometimes feel like i'm the biggest benefactor but i want to restate something you said for our listeners and small business owners out there i oftentimes feel like if i'm the first one to offer I'm going to screw myself over, and I loved what you just said. Be the first one to offer a range, not a number. That that's pretty insightful because you get the conversation going. So if you're negotiating a vendor, a buy, a, a lease agreement, um, a buying a piece of property, or buying a you know a new line for your business or whatever, you're throwing out a range to get them talking. Um,
1: it gets the conversation going. I mean, you could have a product, and he could say, "Look, it's really not worth their time to." take a $500 PO, but I don't ex- exactly expect 50 grand out of the gate. So tell me something that you feel comfortable with them. We'll go from there.
0: No, I love it. Um, now, it, then you also said about um, the base hits. I love that because in the movie, I mean, I know you've seen every movie because you got clients that are in every freaking movie. So I love, I love Moneyball. And yeah. when you, yeah. right. When, when Brad Pitt's talking to Jonah Hill and he's like, it's base hits. Base hits, yeah. you, know, what, you know, boom, you know, he gets on base, gets on base. And I think so many people feel like they have to negotiate this massive, perfect deal. And then by trying to go for the home run, they get nothing. They, they strike out or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, and, as then,
1: it, and, and, and then by doing that too, you're losing the most important key to a business, which is the MRR, the monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on the singles and occasionally hit a double.
0: So, I, I know uh, you don't need to disclose who the client was, but if you don't mind, is there an example that comes to mind to you or like, you were like, man, I killed it on this one. I kind of negotiated, we were going here, but because of a, I, I was able to maybe present an angle that, that made a big difference. Does anything come to mind? I know you've done, oh, by the way, folks, over $200 million. No, but you know. Yeah,
1: I, I, for for me and my line of work, I think it happens with us uh, when there's deadlines. Usually when there's deadlines, it's an ad agent, so might be scrambling for a talent or somebody backed out, or it was a last-minute campaign, and usually around Super Bowl time that happens. And uh, mm. we put Paul Hogan in a radio shack spot and Rick Flair in a um, somber hummus spot. And when I tell you, literally, within 36 hours, they were on set after those shoots. So, those got to the point where there's only one Hulk Hogan world there is only one nature boy and wow. so you have a lot more leverage when it's for its crunch time because there's right really not much of a replacement when they're spending what's it seven million on a Super Bowl nowadays so those are always uh like I said more fun when when, when, when they happen but it's it's not just you know it's not just about you know saying oh yeah you know we crushed it on that one because you want the other side to win too there's been times where we've had offers actually come in much higher. Magic has his flat rate on keynotes. And for uh, a company, I was contacted maybe a year and a half ago for a group that got a rate that was $100,000 more than his keynote rate. And uh, Dan Fleischman, a dear friend of mine, serial entrepreneur, had the guy call me. because I, you know, you're dealing with a booking agency that's probably calling Prince Marketing group. Yeah. And uh couldn't believe it. And when I told him how much he was saving, I was like, no, it, it's, you know, that there's nobody's can to get gouged. I mean, I've no idea why somebody wouldn't quote that much because all they're doing is somebody's line in their pockets. And it ultimately hurts the bottom line of getting the deal over to Magic, whoever it might be on my roster, to to get them booked. And since then, that individual and his company have probably booked uh, six or seven other huge keynotes uh, because... You do something like for somebody, they, they realize you, you know, you're stand up and you do things right.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what, that's a great point too. Cause I don't know, again, I relate a lot to scenes and movies and things and where you stick it to them and you think, oh, I got the best deal, whatever you really cut out all the future relationships that you might've had from making a fair deal rather than, oh, I got the best. I really screwed them over. And then, but really you, you hurt yourself. You screwed yourself
1: and you hurt yourself. Game. It's it's yeah. like I said, and and believe me, there's so many times over the years where a deal could weigh in our favor. And look, as we grow, you know, we do eight figures, substantial eight figures a year in endorsement and marketing deals. And we have moments like any other company, a lot of expenses overhead, um, where there could be a slower month or two. My biggest problem is all the clients we have are so observably wealthy. The majority of the huge opportunities really need to be a right fit that day, that month, that year for their brand. Or there's a lot of times, uh, you know, these huge stars will pass on opportunities uh, and it's life changing money for other celebrities. But for them, it's just it's just not the right fit. So that's why relationship building is so key, um, because, yeah, you're going to go with peaks in the valleys. Uh, but if you have a slow quarter or a slow month or two, you have enough seeds that are planted that eventually it all comes back around.
0: Wow. Well, let's change gears for a minute. There's so much again, we could talk about, and I'm so grateful that you're here, but I just had a ting of emotion with preparing my question here for you, because it's tough being a small business owner out there. And I think of negotiations and the pressure that you must be under a lot. And I know you've got a story that that pressure took a toll on you and uh, mental health and addiction and recovery, and you're very vocal about it. And but I know a lot of people don't talk about it, and they're in they're in a small business, just struggling, and no one to talk to, and they try to find ways to buffer. And what any just initial thoughts for that small business owner that's watching and listening right now, that when you know they're going to bed, just depressed, sad, stressed, and and don't know the way out. What would you say to them?
1: Well, you know, I started a mail-order baseball car company in 1984 when I was 14. And uh, the company exploded. By the time I was 19, I sold it for over a million dollars. But, you know, I had a lot in securities and equities, feeling of less than. Uh, I was always told I had a severe learning disability. And I thought the money and climbing to the mountaintop as a young entrepreneur was everything. And not addressing it eventually wound up at the top of the sports and entertainment industry, representing some of the most iconic names in the world. And, you know, I speak all over the world. And I, I, I say, like, at one point it was once living to use turned out to using to live. And everybody's talking about, you know, success and building, growing, scaling. But there's just not enough emphasis being put on the entrepreneur in start out, middle mode, growth, expansion, doing great. Uh, doing unbelievable, getting near an exit. When you don't address those issues that we have as as a youth or a child, whatever that trauma or inadequacy uh, might be, um, you're not running away from it. I don't care what type of wealth can have billions. It it affects you in your everyday life. And, and for me, the last four years before I got sober from 2004 to 2008. And I was up at three, four o'clock in the morning wanting to kill myself every night because I had all the money in the world. Like I said, top of top of the industry, all the external respect you could ever imagine on the biggest talk shows, the biggest events, sporting events. Um, But I lost the sense of self. And that all changed from on July 2nd, 2008, when I fell on my knees and uh, called out to God and I said, take the money to business, the notoriety. I'll do anything for a single day of freedom. And, and I was given the gift of desperation and uh, slowly but surely put one front in front of the other, started going to 12-step meetings, found a new um, family of my spiritual brothers and sisters that showed me the softer, easier easier way to a better sober life and a spiritual life to, to just have that mindset of the glass is always half full, not half empty. Um, you know, focusing on what I have, not what I don't have. I was telling my you know, ladies here in the office the other day. You know, of course, everybody always wants more and wants to evolve and do bigger deals. But in hindsight, like the majority of Australia, have luxury problems in today's world. They truly are, and um, you know when you when you put that in perspective, and you can you can really look yourself in the mirror if you live the way that I used to, and say enough is enough. Whether it's anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, bipolar, substance abuse, whatever it might be, that's creating unmanageability in your life. That's where the strength is. And um
0: It's crazy. Like like what you just said, that's kind of these the luxury problems or these sometimes they go on those first world problems. And you really get to someone and you're talking to and you're like, That's your problem? And we just get so twisted in thinking what is we should, you know, that we should feel better every day, or we don't have enough when we're living these incredible lives. We just, it gets so distorted. Um, yeah. And,
1: and and I, and I think with that mindset, it's why there's more opiate overdose deaths last year than DUI deaths. And, right. uh, led this nation because it's so easy for somebody to just pop the pill. And I was a hardcore opiate addict. So, all painkillers for me for 24 years. And, um, you know it's just easy and the doctors make it accessible and um you know you ain't going to win you're not going to win in the end you've got three choices for anybody that's listening i always say you can get locked up you can get cleaned up or you're going to get covered up because nobody gets out you know
0: for free you um said something there it was interesting too you said you're given the gift of desperation and you drop to your knees and you're like, I got to give myself, you know, to get out. Um, yes. What, what if so? I don't know. What is, what does someone do? Like a lot of times people are forced into desperation because their problem, they lose everything financially. You had everything financially,
1: but Let's you have have had that self-awareness. got yeah, Just. You know, the biggest celebrities from, like I said, Magical, Flair, Ollie, Frazier, um can, it was, yeah, I mean, you just would have never thought it would have happened. So as much as we're trying to talk to the everyday hardworking person, I'm sure you've got uh, some very high net worth individuals that listen to this podcast. You mm-hmm. ain't off, you ain't off limits. You ain't off the table because nobody I'm sure that's listening, had a story to career like I did at the height, around the biggest stars on the planet, the most influential humans of the twentieth century. And I wanted to put a bullet in my mouth every night for the last, you know, few years, like I said.
0: What would be your I, I don't I know it sounds maybe juvenile or basic or two I don't know, but someone that's listening right now that had those same feelings last night, this morning, right now. What do you tell them to do? Pick up a phone and call who? Where, where do they go? What do they do? I know that you're you're always reaching out and helping others with your foundation. Yeah, Should- I mean,
1: first up, anybody can reach out to me at agent underscore DP on Instagram or message me on Facebook. Wow. Um, but there's, there, there's treatment centers um, everywhere. There's no excuse not to be able to pick up a phone and call a toll-free number for any treatment center. That can help you first with the underlining issue if there is a real medically diagnosed mental health disorder over and above the the substance abuse. um, You know, you can go to a hospital. They have detox centers all the time where, um, you know, people will will, will go in there. And, you know, you look at it when you're in that moment on that last day. Uh, A lot of times for me, I thought it was the worst day of my life. And fast forward July 2nd, God willing, it'll be 15 years of recovery for me. Um oh, I look back on July second as um the greatest day in my life, but I thought it was the worst. now it turned out to be my best. And mm-hmm. I get more excited over my July second birthday than I do February sixth, which is my birthday, because that's when I felt reborn. That that that's the day that I could reflect back on another year of um growth helping so many people around the world with my platform. And I'll go through different messages that I've had. Um, My buddy Frank, I was going to New York on Saturday for a couple of big business meetings and flying out of LAX, I got a text. He's from New Jersey with uh, a picture. Just celebrated 13 years sober and met his wife in recovery. And I've had two beautiful kids since they've been married for six years in recovery. Oh. And he said, thank you so much, my brother. Couldn't have gotten here without you.
0: Wow. That's better than any endorsement deal.
1: <laughs> exactly what I said. I'm, 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 I was literally sitting on the plane in tears, texting my sponsor, who's got 36 years. So I, I even hate using that word because he's like my big spiritual brother. And he's like, lucky you put in the work every day. You do something every day to be dialed into the world of recovery. And uh, Magic Johnson and Hulk Hogan are two of my dearest friends, and they've said it many times that, you know, God can't help but to reward you when you live a life of service. And when you do it just because it feels good and you want to help people, that's when the reward comes in. If I lost the business tomorrow, I tell people all the time, the most heartbreaking thing was everybody working for me, my mom, my sister, I wouldn't be able to take care of people. You're still talking to the same Darren Prince because I've healed. I've gotten to that place of, uh, you know, David Goggins is a good friend and client too, and he talks about it. And when we hung out last September, he, he said, you went to war with yourself and because that's the only way to come out on the other side. And um, there's days that I still have to, though. You know, it, it's 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 interesting because, you know, you get this beautiful, sober life, but there's still coping mechanisms. Like, how do I celebrate differently when it's an incredible month or an incredible year? And then how do I deal with the letdowns and the disappointments when most humans can go out and, you know, have a couple of drinks, grab a bottle of wine. They uh, can do, you know indulge in some things that just give them, you know, a little relief. I mean, I have my routine, it's hanging out with my dog, massages, every once in a while taking a trip with my girlfriend. But you, 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 still, you still have to go through it because I think the first thing people want to do is you want to celebrate when all the good happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for me, uh, the easiest thing is usually taking care of other people that mean a lot to me because that just at least makes me feel good. And I let them go out and do the celebrating because I know there are normal people that can do it. I lost those rights.
0: <laughs> well, now, let's bring it back, you said something there. You may not know I'm going to go there, but I you said something, and it was special, taking care of the people you love. And you talked about your sister and your mom. And one of the topics in my book that's a big deal is I want all my business owners hiring their family, putting them on the tax write-off strategy of getting family involved in business. And I was debating with one of my partners the other day. He's kind of against nepotism. You know, you shouldn't have your family in your business. I'm like, I want my family in my business. Um, So if you don't mind me just asking about it, you just said you've got some family in your business. Has that been a blessing or curse? My
1: dad was heavily involved in my business. My mom and my sister aren't, although they're big cheerleaders. My my dad worked out of the house, old school Jewish guy in the 1970s and 80s. It was a big thing to do. So every time I go downstairs into the basement, when I had my baseball card business, he had his whole staff down there working on computers and phones. And so it's just something that was instilled in me. And I've only had probably two offices in the 35 years I've been in his business. We work out of, you know, beautiful uh, apartment now and. um in Brentwood, and uh, before this, is was Marina Del Rey, West Hollywood, um, uh, my, my old place in Livingston, New Jersey, where I, I grew up. And the majority of the people I've hired have always been friends. They've mm-hmm. always been people that have been very near and dear to me, because um, I, I believe when you have that, they know you better personally, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and then you find out along that group who can pick up the slack and do what you're not great at. And, um, I, I, I think that's a, a big advantage to be honest. And I think it's also about paying it forward. Like, yeah, of course you want to get a good couple hires here and there that are great people and, you know, have them accelerate their path to success, but what better when you're keeping it in the family Yeah, and, and, and it's, you know, loved ones that mean the world to you. I mean, i wish everybody can blow past my success one day because I'm at that place of being so healed and so humbled and zero ego that if everybody told me tomorrow they got a job or moved on with this incredible career and I'm so sorry, I'd be heartbroken, but I'd also look back like, wow, if they wow. weren't here at Prince marketing group,
0: well, you would know, have they ever
1: gotten to that stage in their life?
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I last comment. Well, you've been so generous with your time. I, myself, a lot of people are like, well, isn't it hard with family or friends in the business and it can be, but if you're mature and you've got the long run goal of. And mindset of working with them, it actually brings you closer together. My, my son worked with me in my business, um, for years and three or four years ago, he's like, we both decided you got to go work somewhere else for a bit. Let's do it. You know, go get some other experience. It was just so stressful. And then just this last year, back. And it's been I love it. It's been huge. And we both came back with a renewed love and experience. And the whole thing drew us closer together when other families they don't even hang out. I I don't know. I loved it.
1: But that that that's amazing. I mean, I love that because you're because you're going through it together. You're going through the losses, you're going through the wins, you're going through the battles, you're going through the and you know, when it becomes a love and a passion and you're able to do it with loved ones and family members or friends that are near and dear to you. It's, it's, it just makes it so much more exciting and rewarding
0: and, and sweeter. You know, and yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Darren, thank you so much. Any final word of wisdom for that entrepreneur out there that's just trying to negotiate a deal, trying to get through a tough time, maybe fighting their demons or just trying to level up anything come to mind that, I think there needs
1: to be more emphasis on relationship building. If you're trying to get an account, if you're trying to build an account, build a relationship, always focus on the person and not the business side of things. Find out a little bit more about their personal interests, their families, where they're from. um, As much small talk as you can. Um, I think that's everything. And and too many people have gone away from that. It's a quick, hey, uh, are you interested in this? You want to buy that? You want to buy this? And I I just don't think... uh, I don't think that works anymore,
0: dude. I, you're, I was going to say this story earlier. I wanted, I was like, man, I'm going to talk to Darren Prince. I got to tell him this story, but, um, I didn't see a spot until now I got to throw this out. So I was negotiating one of my book deals, my first one, and I was been working with entrepreneur magazine ever since. And the vice president of publishing, I got one meeting with him and I was trying to pitch him on my book idea. And when I was in his office, he had like two or three Yankee kind of memorabilia stuff around his office and I made my pitch. I don't know if it sunk in or whatever, but I was like, all right, I got to work this. And so I did some background on, him. found a huge Yankee fan and you're going to laugh. Cause it's like probably have these laying around in you know, sock drawers, but I found a baseball signed by Derek Jeter. You have the little and, you know, verified, legit yeah. sticker, you know, all this stuff wrapped it up. And I got his secretary to put it on his desk early in the morning. And I said, I hope we can play ball together. Oh, uh, that's great. And I dropped it off and rest is history. You know, I know anyway, but anyway, I got I lo- the deal. I love the
1: that thing. because, you know, I was in the memorabilia business for years. And to this day, I got out of it in 1995, um, especially as men um, to have to send somebody, you know, something signed by Chevy Chase or Magic or Larry Bird or, or, or Hulk or Rick. And now it's in their office. So when they're doing other business and the sign magic Johnson Lakers jersey on their wall, and that corporate executive or that team comes in to see my client, it's like, oh wow, where did she get that? Mm. It's almost the best form of free advertising yeah. for me that I could ever do. And we still haven't gotten away from that. It's something I love to do. If somebody comes in their fan of Charlie Sheen will get. You know some wild thing ricky vaughn jersey signed and ship went out and have charlie personalized and the clients love doing it too because it, you know it's a conversation piece. keep them relevant so usually from an iconic woman in their career or it's a special jersey that you know signifies greatness um or a, an image that meant so much uh you know to the world and um it's, it's a great inexpensive thoughtful way to build that relationship
0: relationship yeah i was like I didn't know if i get a chance to tell you my, my only real, I'm, I'm we could talk about my football cards, which good, are completely for you, worthless. Man,
1: because yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard many people uh, do something like that. That that was really smart with the Jeter I
0: love that. Well, I don't know. Well, Darren, you're awesome. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks so much for what you're doing to help others around the world. And, uh, we love to see our superstars and their endorsements and, and impact in our lives, but more importantly, see what you're doing with aiming high and helping people find spirituality in their life and recover. Thank you so much for all you do. Thanks, Thanks so much for having for me, man.
1: I appreciate it. Serious. Take care. Take care. We'll see you around. Bye. Thanks.